Easter, the journey to hope. Good morning. Welcome to Bethel this morning. I'm so glad that you're here today on this April morning. I can't believe it's April already, but today's a wonderful day because we get the chance to dive into God's word and see what he has for us today. I just want to thank Alan and the team here for just allowing me the opportunity to open God's word today. So today we're going to be opening God's word to the book of Matthew. And this is a fairly familiar passage in Matthew 26. Go to Matthew 26. It's Matthew 26, 17 to 19. And then we're going to hit on 26 to 29. So if you can open your Bibles up right now to that section, that would be amazing. As you're going through there, I'm going to read through Matthew 26, 17 to 19, and then 26 to 29. What does it say here? On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? And he replied, go into the city to a certain man and tell him. The teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. While they were eating, now in verse 26, while they were eating, Jesus took the bread And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take this and eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, said, take this from it, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from the fruit of this vine from now on until the day when I drink it knew with you in my Father's kingdom. So before we begin, let's bring our time with the Lord to prayer. In 2 Corinthians 3.17, it says, Now the Spirit is, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God, today we come to you humbly, with open hands and open hearts. We thank you, Lord, for the work you've done in our midst, the work you've done in your people and continue to do. We come with thanksgiving that you are who you say you are and you you always keep your promises, Lord. You, God, are greater than anything that we could ever cling to in this world, greater than any idea or any thought. You, Lord, and only you are powerful and have the power to change us. I lift up our people today, O Lord, that you would change us, that you would change me. Forgive me, Lord, for when I'm stubborn and I just want to do things on my own. God, we lift up the Ukrainian people this morning and pray for those who have lost their homes and their lives. We lift up the leaders of our country and ask, Lord, that you guide them in their thinking and choices and bring them to a saving grace that only you can accomplish. Lord, we lift up the persecuted church this morning. Lord, in the areas of the world where to show worship to you is a crime and punishment by imprisonment and death precedes it. And Lord, we ask for forgiveness for the times when we've forgotten about your bride or we've forgotten about your church. Today, we call on you, Lord, to fill this place. 
Fill this place with your spirit. Spirit of the living God, please come down in this place and move amongst us. Move in a way that changes our hearts and our minds and ultimately our lives. We know, as scripture says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Please, Lord, free us today. Free us from our burdens that we try to carry on our own. Free us from our thoughts and the things that have been going on in our week and help us to focus on you and you alone this morning, Lord. Amen. Wow, this Easter season has begun. Can I just take a few seconds here and just say, wow? Can anyone actually believe that it's April 2022? I'm just waiting for someone to pop out and go, April Fools! No, no one, no. I also want to point out that every time I uh, am provided the opportunity to speak, it seems like I age like 10 years. So I spoke 10 weeks ago and so much has happened in the world. We have this like crazy convoy coming. We have Ukrainian wars, COVID, uh, mandates have lifted. There's just so much going on in our world. And so much that can just distract us, right? And so much that we can look to and, and focus on. But we continue to hold fast to our God and Jesus and keep him at the center. And our message today is about hope and about freedom that only Christ can bring, that God had planned from the beginning to bring. But what we all know is today that nothing else but Jesus can bring true hope and freedom. Will we notice that? The Last Supper is just another precipice that we look over and can contemplate what is its meaning? We ought not to turn away and be like, oh yeah, I remember the Last Supper and that beautiful picture that's on the wall. No, the Last Supper is a point where, in time where Jesus reveals to us the only true freedom is actually found in Him. Not in the world, not in tradition, but in Christ. And it's in this time that we get a chance to remember what he's done. So let's walk through God's word. Let's walk through the Last Supper and not ignore it, but, but sit at the edge of our seats and wonder, what do you have for us today? You see, freedom is something that we're all looking to in one way or another in our lives. But even deeper than that, there are areas of our lives that we hope in for freedom, that we gravitate to, that we feel will bring freedom to our lives. What is that for you? What is that for me? I want to walk through a few different things here that might potentially be a way for freedom or hope that we see. What does culture in the world have to offer that we can really put our hope in? And do these things actually give us freedom or are they just temporary? I want to point out today that these are temporary and Jesus is the only way to freedom. The only true hope. Is it money that you see true freedom in? Freedom from suffering for you and your family? The hope that more money will give you freedom. Well, actually, Jesus says in Matthew 6, 24, you can't serve two masters, one being money and the other being God. 
And more notably, money is a cruel master and is not one that provides you freedom. All right, maybe, maybe money's not your thing. Maybe the government is your thing that you hope for freedom. Well, the government isn't something that you should put your freedom in or your hope. And these past two years can display that, how temporary freedom can be. How many of you thought two years ago that you would be spending time alone during Christmas, not seeing your family? How many of you thought you would stay away from friends and family for months at a time? But let's not dwell on this. I want to point toward freedom that lasts, eternal freedom, that we're going to see in today's passage. Why I bring up these examples is that these are not ways for freedom. These are ways that we can think, okay, you know, money's going to bring me freedom. Ah, oh, the government's going to allow me to do this, so the government's going to bring me freedom. What about those that put their trust in, you know, in protesting and activism? Is there hope in these that they'll bring freedom? We can be super passionate about all these things, all these causes. You can just name one, but it's not going to bring true hope and freedom. It dissipates quickly. It moves on. And then the next thing happens. The next cause is here. This is not to say that we shouldn't speak up or, or share your thoughts, but can that really bring you freedom? And I get it. We ought to stand up for what we believe. That's core of our beliefs as Christians. We need to stand up for Christ. We need to stand up and share the good news. What I'm really trying to get across here, even if it might seem obvious, is that there is no hope and freedom in these things. There's no hope and freedom in activism, in the government, in money. The Last Supper is a point in time where Jesus reveals, reveals to us that the only true freedom is found in him, not in the world, not in tradition, but in Christ. And we ought to visit this more often and continually remind ourselves that we do have hope in Christ. What Jesus offers is true, lasting freedom, true hope. So we looked at our current context and the things we can hope in, which all should agree will not last. But what does scripture point us to in this passage? I want to point you to an area that the Jews may have also relied on in tradition. And even to this day, we may rely on tradition as that hope for freedom. So Matthew 26, 17 says, On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to prepare the Passover meal? The part we really have to dig into and realize is, that is significant is that Jesus had the Last Supper during the Passover. What exactly was the Passover for the Jewish people? Let's quickly run through this. So Exodus 6, 6 says, Therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. Passover was this traditional meal that spanned over days, where the Jewish people would be reminded that God had rescued them from the yoke of slavery of the Egyptians for 400 years. But this reminder that they participated in every, every year was just leading them towards what true hope was. 
This tradition that they performed was not where the hope lied, but was just this kind of trail marker that showed them every year where hope would be coming in the future, in that sacrificial lamb. They would sacrifice animals and lambs year after year, but it was leading up to the one true lamb, Jesus. Up until this point in Scripture, in Matthew 26, 17, they held a feast every year and sacrificed an unblemished lamb. The book of Hebrews speaks to this. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeatedly, endlessly, year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Did you hear that? It's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. It's impossible for us to work out, for us to work our way to our salvation. The Passover meal, again, was a marker. It was a tradition that they they held every year. And sometimes we can get embedded in a tradition and feel like that's the hope we're looking for. The hope is in the tradition, not what the tradition points to, not the trajectory that the tradition is bringing us to. There's one other element I'd like to touch on quickly about the Passover meal, and it was restrictive. It was quite restrictive. As it says, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, these are the regulations for the Passover meal. No foreigner may eat it. Any slave you brought may eat it after you've circumcised them in Exodus 12, 43 to 44. This was a very exclusive meal for Israel, made for the Jews, for the nation that had gone through this Passover time. God gives them direction that no one else shall eat the meal. And if they do, they have to be welcomed into the family. This is very different as we are going to see, as we dive deeper into Matthew 26, what Jesus offered. An exclusive meal, an exclusive tradition that pointed to the future. It didn't actually give hope. It didn't give hope like Jesus is. We can see that the world doesn't provide hope for freedom. Traditions or works will not provide hope for freedom. And in fact, they're more restrictive. Both are things that we have to be continually grasping for hope in the world and hope in tradition. If we continue to grasp for these things, it's just continually over and over and over and over again. We just keep looking for hope, keep looking for hope, and it's never to be found. But we must understand, it's never going to satisfy. Never. Can we take a brief second and just think about those two? So are you in a place right now where you're placing your hope in the world, where you're placing your hope in your financial stability, where you're placing your hope in what the next thing that the government says is okay to do, that you're placing your hope in the next rally, or are you placing your hope in tradition? Are you placing your hope in the fact that you come to church every week, you put tithing in, You do all the right things, but you have no excitement for Jesus. And you're not ever looking for the true hope. You're just looking at the actions. And Sunday is just another day that, you know, of course I go to church on Sunday. That's what I do on Sundays. Let's look to the second part of the passage we're covering today, where we can see how Jesus speaks to the hope and freedom for all. 
So Matthew 26, 26 to 29 says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take this and eat it. This is my body. Then he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Ultimately, these verses are instructions. It's Jesus giving an instruction on what communion is. But beyond that, we have to really see what he's saying in this moment. We have to see and understand why we do communion. We're not repeating it in the same way the Jews repeated the Passover. We're not having communion because we're hoping for something far off in the future. We now have hope and continue to remind ourselves that we have hope. Where they were continually grasping at hope that was to come and was not yet, we have hope in Jesus. I want to zero in on a few areas that Jesus foreshadowed here. Jesus speaks to hope and freedom, and in this moment, He's speaking to you. He's speaking to me. He's speaking to anyone that will listen. This is a dynamic shift from what the disciples would have heard in the Old Testament tradition, that the covenant was only for a few. And Jesus said, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Poured out for many. As we heard in the Old Testament, the disciples would have been accustomed to the Passover meal that was meant only for a few for the nation of Israel. Jesus is bringing about this new covenant and including everyone. And one commentator even said, it is shed for many. Christ came to confirm a covenant with many. The blood of the Old Testament was shed only for a few, but Jesus Christ is a propitiation for the sins of the whole world. What does that mean? It means that Jesus didn't just step in place for the religious people for the religious zealots of the day. Jesus stepped in the place for you and for me. He stepped in our place to take on the wrath of God, to be the propitiation for sins, to take our place. This is hope of the new covenant, of freedom from the burden of sin for everyone. This is what we ultimately yearn for. Don't we all yearn for freedom? For hope? The Jews of the Old Testament would have been hoping for what was not yet. But now Jesus is here telling us, telling the disciples, what they had hoped for is now here. What you're hoping for, that sin that's just in your life and is just consuming you, it's now here. Jesus is here to break those chains. Jesus' body is being broken for you and it provides us hope in the wrath being removed from us and imparted onto him. So there is no, there's no place for anyone to speak about hell with content. To speak about hell lightly. We all ought to be grieved when we hear a friend or family who has passed away from this life to the next and does not have a relationship with Jesus. But this is what Jesus saved us from. 
from eternal separation from God, from hell. Scripture says in Luke, and he took the bread and gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In this remembrance of communion, we see the love of God and the hope of Christ come out. He gave thanks. Jesus, even knowing what was going to happen, is thankful that God the Father is providing a way to free the world from sin. Jesus then acknowledges that he is giving up his body for them, for us, for me, for you. He's taking on the wrath of God in our place. He's willing to defeat death for us, to stand in our place so that we may not die eternally. Remember. We will now remember just as Jesus commanded us to. Remember. Remember me, Jesus said. Remember that he went to the cross for us. Remember that he took on the punishment that we deserve. This is the hope we look to. This is the freedom we celebrate. Freedom from the burden of death. Freedom from the burden of sin that fractures us, that fractures so many. Lastly, the hope of reconciliation with God in heaven. And Matthew 26, 27 to 28 says, Then he took the cup, and when he gave thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. The blood poured out to cover our sin brings us back into right relationship with God, a relationship that was completely shattered and broken by sin. Jesus' blood covers that. And now that relationship is brought back together. Jesus did it all. You don't have to work your way into heaven and try to be the best person ever. Jesus' blood was enough to cover your sins, to cover my sins. Now, don't continue sinning in spite of that, but come to a place of reverence and remember that Jesus freed you from the chains of sin and the grip of death. No longer, brother, sister, shall we fear death. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? 1 Corinthians 15, 55 says. Well, it's gone because Jesus steps in that place to allow us to be close to God. Death has no victory over us anymore. Death's sting is gone. This heavy cup, which symbolizes that Jesus will take all the sins on the world, of the world on his shoulders, past, present, and future. What is happening here is Jesus is telling his disciples of the freedom that's to come shortly after the Last Supper. The hope they have and the foreshadowing of his own pouring out. The hope that is to come the hope they had been yearning for for so long. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, it's a question of the freedom of God, which finds its strongest evidence in that God freely chose to be bound 
to historical human beings and to be placed at the disposal of human beings. God is free not from human beings, but for them. Christ is the word of God's freedom. Jesus stepped into historical humanity in our place. And as we journey towards Easter, we ought to reflect on what that really means for each one of us. But even more so, reflect on who Jesus was and who Jesus is. What is our hope? Is it in the table? Is it in communion? Our hope's not in the tradition. It's not in communion. It's not in the action but it's in the person of Jesus. It's not in our religious duty or tradition. It is Jesus. We can take that and we can mess it up and we could think that, oh, the tradition is the hope. The table, the communion that we're, they're gonna have later on today is the hope. That's where we find hope. we can see that representation of Jesus' blood poured out for us. And instead of us just seeing it as a cup, we should all be reminded what Jesus endured and what he spoke of here at the Last Supper. He forgave you. He forgave me of all of our sins, all the affront to God that's in our lives, past, present, and future. So today, as we walk up to the table, let us not miss this. Don't just see the table as a couple of elements, but see it for what it is. It's hope. It's hope for those who are lost. Hope for those who come to Christ already. This is not something we are remembering and saying we hope that God will save us. No, this has already been accomplished. And we remember today that what he did on the cross is finished. I want to read through an old hymn. If you'd like to sing it, well, we could do that too. But I must confess that, you know, Nate, the director of worship, is probably better at singing than I am. Here's what the hymn says. Let's listen to the words carefully and listen to the freedom and the hope that is in these lines. I hear the Savior say, thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thy all in all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Listen to the verses carefully. And when before the throne, I stand in him complete. Jesus died my soul to save. My lips shall still repeat. Jesus paid it all.
all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. The sin in your life, the sin in my life, had left a crimson stain. But Christ comes in and washes it white as snow. The Last Supper is another point in Scripture where God brings us on this journey to hope. Easter, the journey to hope. That's where God is taking us. We can see that the things of the world will never satisfy and bring us freedom. We can't rest in those things. No, hope is only found in Jesus. And when we come to Christ as he draws us near and see him as our king, we shouldn't turn away. Don't think for one second that your life is so bad that Jesus wouldn't accept you. Don't think for one second that Christ doesn't love you more than you could ever imagine. Jesus wants you to have freedom. And this scripture is a reminder to remember all that God has done for you because he loves you. If you're in a place that you don't know who Jesus is, or you've been kind of wrestling with a, for a long time what the meaning of it is to follow Jesus, I urge you today to listen to that call from God and turn your life over to Jesus. If you've walked away for a time, but you're now just coming back, know God welcomes you with open arms. Don't be ashamed. Just come as you are. Turn to Jesus. In a few seconds here, we're going to participate in communion. We need to prepare our hearts for this. If there's anything that you need to confess, please take the time to do that quietly before the Lord. Paul reminds us everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. So let's prepare our hearts for Christ, for communion, for the hope that is only found in Jesus. So let's take some time now to come to the table you're at home, find a couple elements. The bread, the juice, that represent the hope that we found in Jesus. So if you have your elements there,
Let's take the bread. And read what it says in Scripture. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So let's take the bread and do it in remembrance of Jesus. And in the same way, he took the cup, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant. Whenever you covenant in my blood, do this wherever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We are doing this in the remembrance of the hope of Christ, the hope that we have in Jesus now because he finished it on the cross. So do this in remembrance of him. Thank you so much for being here today and just looking at what the Last Supper really means. It's this foreshadowing of the hope that we found in Jesus. So I'm gonna pray, then the worship team is gonna come up. So let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much, Lord, for the reminders that you've placed in your word that remind us where we can find true hope, where we can find freedom, freedom from this world, freedom from the sin that's in our lives, that we can find it all in you, God. We can find it in you, Jesus. I pray that as we go throughout our week, Lord, that we would just reflect on that, that we would remind ourselves of when you captured our hearts. We would remind ourselves of that hope we have found in you. Amen.